0: Good morning, church family uh, gathered here with uh, some of our, our leadership. Uh, Scott and Kevin are two of our elders. Josh is our band uh, location pastor, and, and we're here to kind of have a, a conversation between the four of us that's serving really as a a family conversation for for our entire church because we have a pretty big announcement to share with uh, with you all, with our church family today. And uh, I think one of the things is kind of like what was the, the best way to to talk about what we're going to talk about without it being, or with it being concise and continuous between all of our platforms, while at the same time too not feeling like super, super stiff and whatnot. But to kind of maybe like set the table is uh, if we wanted to like establish a timeline of, of why we're here and what we're talking about, there's, there's a lot of different things we could say. We could talk about going back seven, eight years um, when the decision to launch the Urbana campus first started. We could talk about uh, going through kind of what was happening in our church around when we when we started it we could talk about going through COVID post COVID we could talk about what's been happening in the last couple years Um, but I think realistically the, the the biggest thing is we've known and felt something's been brewing for a while but really post Easter is kind of what I feel like is when we really started to to lean in ask God's questions lots of prayer and fasting so all that to say is uh We've kind of been coming up on this defining moment for us as a church family. So,
1: yeah. Yes, I think that would be the sense of where we've all been in the last six months to a year, really. And so I think coming out of COVID, a lot of churches are going through transitions. And so we've talked to some other churches who've gone through transitions. And I think we're all in a reset mode. And I believe God is calling us to a closer community. He's calling us to a uh, discipleship that's more uh, diverse and more multifaceted so people can tap in, whether that's a cohort or a small group or a mid-sized group, and really uh, leverage the wisdom that we have in our staff and in our elders and in our leaders to continue to grow people for Christ. That's really where we are.
2: Yeah, my uh, time here started kind of December, so six-plus months now, and uh, I think my early position uh, – And continue position is just kind of learning and loving on people. And we've had a good time over at Urbana doing that. Um, It's been good. The problem was that I kept coming back to was, wasn't so much ideas for how to exist, but why we exist. And if you don't know why you exist, how you exist,
3: doesn't really seem to matter too much. Yeah, Josh, um, one thing I think it's important to share is the unity that was behind this decision. Um, We, each of us, separately went and prayed and fasted, you know, for a week before we came together to discuss uh, the situation. And and, uh, when we came together, it was pretty obvious that we were all on the same page. And not just with one another, but with the Spirit. Um, And I'm reminded of... uh, situation in acts 15 where the elders of the early church were writing uh, a letter and in it in verse 28 they say it seemed good to the holy spirit and us to no longer lay a burden on the rest of you now their situation was different than our situation but the uh the desire is the same to not overburden uh our our fellow believers and and but to uh help make it easier for them, so.
1: Yeah, and as we pondered, prayed, as Scott said, we fasted. We've really been seeking God's face for it, and I think the consensus at this point is that we do need to consolidate our church down to one location, and that would be at our Champagne location, and so we're going to be winding down our Urbana location, and our last Sunday of worship there is going to be July 9th, And so we're working toward that. And we've talked with other churches who've gone through this process. And so there is a sense of needing to move things forward so we don't have people in limbo. So we, again, are trying to set a reasonable timeline. And so Eric and uh, Josh can walk us through some of the staffing pieces of that. Um, But I think our main focus is to be Team Jesus in one location, one family, one congregation, everybody growing together, and then moving and letting God develop us at this location, stronger disciples, stronger ministry, stronger community, so we can, uh, again, focus as we see what God has us do next.
0: I mean, it's like, it's really big news, and so I think that's like one of the parts where we've kind of been, even before Josh got here, I, th- I think it's probably safe to say we had questions, but we didn't probably take them seriously. And then as Josh has been here, and he's just been absolutely pouring his heart and soul into it, and just coming back to that why. And I think at one time you asked me, like, well, why are we doing this? And I didn't have a good answer for you anymore outside of because we always have. And, and, and I know that caused some, some angst in you that caused angst in me because I was like, and then we brought it back to, to our elders. of was like, guys, we need help with this. And it really just rallied. But I mean, I know for, for some of our church family, just like hearing like the Urbana location is got a couple of weeks left. is some big news. And so they might be a little, a little shook and a little bit, wow, that's did, maybe I, you saw it coming. Maybe you didn't. Um, and, but it, it's hard news, you know, uh, urbana is near and dear to my heart because like that that's why i was initially brought to first in the, in the first place and uh like for for basically four of my four, four and a half of my first seven years here, my seven years it was like it was my baby. Like that's what I was here to do. And so, uh, if if there was anybody who like feels this deep in, inside of them, uh, I think it's me and, and the many, many people. Scott, I know you've been at Urbana since day one as well too. And so I think uh, so. There's there's part of that for sure. Um, I think I think also though. Um, we have a lot of things planned to, to help maintain some ministries in the short term. In the long term, we've got some things that we wanna provide upcoming, but but ultimately I think as Doc you just shared, like we don't wanna prolong it um, because like I want our memories of Urbana to be full of life and not like watching it kind of peter out instead, kind of go out there. But uh, it's the clarity that I think we all arrived at with such like a unanimous thing that that we were talking about it for months and then we kind of said, okay, for an entire week, we're all gonna pray and fast over these things. And we all came back and it was undeniable that, that unity that we were called to, that community, that clarity for our purpose. Um, and, and it's weird because it's, it's not like Urbana's like not doing okay. It's not like people aren't showing up or it's not like the finances aren't quite there or whatever. I mean, it's it's from from, from an outside objective perspective, like as a church, it's, it's okay. It's fine. It's not what it once was, uh, but no church is what it once was. But as we've kind of redefined what's maybe the most important and how we best use our volunteers and our staff and all of our resources, I think that also added to that clarity. And so just overall, I feel like the, the, the state of our church is actually very healthy. Um, but we've just been reestablishing that firm foundation to move forward on. So, yeah,
2: I just, uh, maybe I could add a couple, uh, frequently asked questions. Certainly this is not going to hit them all, but, um, Uh, probably the first one is like, so what, what happens to me? And so I'm not tied up here. No one's holding me hostage. Uh, and so the plan is for me, I'm, I'm staying here. You're stuck with me, whether you like that or not. We Uh, like it. We like it. it? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if I could add to that process, I mean, it was a journey for, if I'm being on, it was a journey for me in that, Hey, I got brought here for this reason and now it seems like that reason's kind of slipping away. But if it wasn't for the clarity and consensus of the process, Uh, that, that just spurred confidence in me to say, this is where God wants me and my family. So I don't know what I'm going to be doing here. I'm going to be pastor on staff for a while. There's plenty of things to do. I'm cool with that if you're cool with that. And, uh, so that's number one. Number two, I do want to say, I kind of want to make this clear to both campuses. If, if, if I can, that it's not like, uh, champagne is saving Urbana, um, I think, uh, I want Urbana to know we are not waving the white flag. I want champagne to know you're not getting the JV team full of, uh, people that can't, uh, jump in and serve. Like you better roll up your sleeves. we got some hard hitters coming and all that good stuff. But ultimately as a pastor on staff, and when I look at the eyes of other leaders and I look into the eyes of volunteers, people getting up their time, we're tired. We're tired here. We're tired in champagne and Really, both campuses, we need each other, yep. and this is going to give us the time we need to rest and also like bring the full weight of everything God's assembled here to bear on this community.
0: Yeah, it's
3: good. It's good. Yeah, excellent points, Josh. Because uh, uh, you know, just coming together is going to add a lot more synergy and, and resources to all of us. I'd also add, though, that from the elders' perspective. Uh, it makes a difference. Elders are called in First Peter chapter five mm-hmm. to be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Well, it's kind of tough when your flock is in two different places. Yeah. So having the flock all in one place will make it much easier to uh, care for them, to be accessible to people. And also to train up new leaders. Uh, That's all going to be be a lot easier out of one location instead of two. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think it's just going to further give bandwidth to provide actually more community, more care, more clarity in our discipleship, more opportunity. That, um, like, six months from now, like, I, I think just... What, all the good that's happening already, what the Spirit is, is breathing life, is just going to continue to go in a positive direction for us. You'll be able to get a, take a vacation without having to get back and preach. I'll be able to get take a vacation for, you know, without everything. And so I think there's, there's a lot there. But that idea, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about we, we all need to be in the same boat, rowing in the same direction. And it's kind of been like we've been in two smaller boats, so to speak, on the same stream, and now it's just, boom, same boat, same direction, the first Christian or looks like this. Now let's now let's go as fast as we can. So uh, we're going to, uh, right before we wrap up, I'm going I'm to pitch it to Doc here in a second to close out with any thoughts and prayer, but we're going to continue with our service here in a, in a little bit, and we're going to share messages. Josh and I, we're going to share messages of how do we live this out, Uh, what what kind of passages from scripture uh, and some of maybe the practicals coming. But uh, Doc, why don't you uh, close us out?
1: Amen. We're going to close out in prayer. And just for the Urbana location, we will be continuing Tuesday morning prayer there at seven in the morning. So if you're uh, wanting to help us pray that location out, so to speak, we'll be doing that uh, through probably February. So every Tuesday. So we'll have a weekly contact there for those who are interested in that 7 a.m. Tuesday prayer. All right. So we'll go ahead and close out. So Father, we just thank you for this time to share with our family uh, a move that you have prompted us to make. And we pray, God, that we would continue to walk in obedience and faith and trust and love and compassion with each other. And we thank you, God, for just helping us to avoid the uh, diversion of busyness and just activity. Sometimes we need to walk things into a place where we're just doing something simpler And something that's going to have the ability for us to love and encourage at a deeper level. So we just pray you would help us. Uh, Bless Josh and Eric as they preach. And as we continue to unpack this process, help us all to move forward with love and graciousness and just confidence in you, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, if uh, if you were to talk to our staff, talk to my wife about like what is what is Eric like? One of the things you would probably hear is, is Eric oftentimes exists in here, not so much in here. Uh, um, we we have kind of different types of, uh, personality tests that we use on our staff. And we have a lot of feelers on our team. Uh, people who have like emotions and they like to hug and like, that's just not me. Uh, that's just not who I am. It's not that I don't love you guys and care about you guys. Uh, but like, I've already like cried twice this morning. And so this, I'm, I am like a very weird spot. Uh, I was texting with Josh, um, just like how he was doing. And, uh, he was just like, man, as a feeler today is going to be hard. And I said, it's hard for somebody who's not a feeler. Um, um, but it, it, it's a big moment for us today as a church. And, and you've probably had a, some sort of defining moment in your life before in which uh, something happened that last, made it a lasting impact. Uh, maybe it was the first time you tried out for a team. Maybe it was the first time you met a particular person. Uh, that, that we have these moments, that depending on how we respond to them, can shape and mold us in many ways. I remember the first date that I ever went on. Uh, Her name was Emily Davenport, brown hair, brown eyes, cute as a button. And as we sat in the ball pit of a Burger King at my sixth birthday party, (laughs) it was a defining moment because she was the only one who showed up. And uh, I opened up this present. It was a troll doll that my mom still has to this day. And it was a defining moment because I realized I must have cooties. Like cooties are a real thing. You know, there are moments in our life that, that really shift things for us. I, I read an article by Pew Research that said, uh, what, are, what are the number one or the top 10 defining moments for those of us as Americans? And, and overwhelmingly, the number one response were the events of 9-11. And then, and then depending on what generation you were from, the, the number two was either uh, the JFK assassination, uh, uh, President Obama's election, or the end of World War II. Whether you like it or not, realize it or not, life is full of defining moments. and That's kind of what today is about, is talking about these defining moments uh, that, that we experience, how do we go about them, but there also are defining moments as a church. And, and what makes the difference, I think, in life is not will you have defining moments, but how do you respond to them. In the same way that that you meet somebody who's maybe a rookie on a professional sports team versus a veteran, or the first chair versus the last chair in a band, what you're often going to find is not really a massive disparity in competence, but what you're actually going to see is how they share same things, but they handle them differently. The rookie might have a little bit of nerves, or when the conductor raises the one thing for the first time and begins kind of to rally people to begin the song or, or the chorus or the orchestra, how we handle those moments is oftentimes a sign. Have we been there before or not? And so today we're taking a, a break for a couple weeks through our study through 1 Corinthians. We're going to dive into the narrative uh, found in the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me here, Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to use the, the narrative of Joshua to kind of paint this picture, to use it as a as an illustration, as a parallel for, for where we believe we are as a church, as we've prayed and fasted through through this, and then what is to come. We, we want to show, hey, hey, God's people have been given in some ways a roadmap of how we navigate some of these things and today, today I realize a uh, big news and uh, for some of you you've never been to our urbana location and that's fine some of you uh, some of the faces here in the room you helped us get that started and so you were with us uh, some of you you've you helped with Thursday night services and so so overall though this is a big big shift for our church. And so here's what I want to say just real briefly, is, is for those of you here in Champaign this morning, is... You part of your church family is going to be responding in a very different way to this. Some of you will be like, okay, cool, like we got more people, great. Uh, Am I going to be able to park as easy? Or, you know, my kids are going to have more friends. Uh, Hopefully they don't eat all the good donuts by the time I get here. Like, right, that might be what's rolling through your mind. But part of our our church family is is going to be having a little bit of a different response through that. And so over the next couple weeks, actually what we're going to do is for our champagne, for you guys here in this room, is to say, how can you as a family uh, welcome, like a homecoming, so to speak, for for those in your family who you haven't had the chance to meet or worship yet. But the book of Joshua paints this picture of a defining moment in, in the life of the people of Israel, and, and it's kind of marks a point in which the, the old has gone, the new has come, both in leadership as well as direction, and this season of wilderness wandering is coming to a close after they've been ushered out of Exodus, and this is kind of where we're going to start Today's Joshua chapter one, starting in verse six uh, today. And this is the Lord speaking to Joshua, the leader of the people of Israel at this time. Says this, it says, be strong and courageous. You're going to see this phrase three times. So if you have your Bible, circle or underline that phrase, be strong and courageous, because God's going to follow it up with a different directive all three times in these short four verses. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful in wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful in everything you do written in it. Then you will be prosperous and be successful. Verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God wants to do something through the people of Israel in this moment. But in order to do something through them, he, he for 40 years, said, i got to do something in you first. Because we forget sometimes the the history that while they were in in Egypt, when they were under slavery and oppression, that they began to follow the ways of the world and and the the different uh, gods. And so God was kind of coming to them saying, I need to rescue my people, but before I give you what I want you to have, before I give you this greater purpose, I need to see some change, I need to see some transformation, I need to do something in you before I take you to the other side, before I take you to the promised land. And so, so we can show the kind of this map uh, of where uh, the people of Israel have been. And so, for the last forty years, they've been wandering around in the wilderness. And, and let me just say that, like, like, when we feel like we're lost, like, have you ever had your GPS just malfunction? Or like you chose ways instead of Google Maps and then like it just kind of gives you a very off the wall kind of way to get some of your kind of thinking to yourself, Do I, d- did you even know where you're going? Because I have no idea. For forty years, the people of Israel just wandered around. And and by day there was a cloud. By night there was a pillar of fire that was the presence of God. And wherever it went, they went. And they didn't know what they were going to eat. They didn't know how they were going to defend and protect themselves. But God, every single day, provided manna, a.k.a. salting crackers, and some quail. And so for a lot of us, we're like, man, that sounds actually like a good Midwestern kind of snack. Uh, What's the big deal? But it was, here's some crackers, here's some unleavened bread, and and here is uh, some, some meat, some protein to keep you going. But for 40 years... They just kind of went around wherever God led. And then it gets to this moment where where the leader at the time, Moses, guys, because of some of Moses' choices, God said to Moses, Moses, sorry, Mo, like, I love you, bud. You've done a lot for me. You don't get to go to the promised land. You're going to have to pass the baton to somebody else. And Joshua and Caleb and Rahab and some of these leaders, they're actually going to get to go to the promised land. You're going to get to see it, but you don't get to go in. And so, so there's this season in which they are preparing to cross the Jordan, where they begin to kind of corral everybody to say, like, this is where we are kind of headed. And so it's, it's kind of been chaos. It's been all over the place. They kind of corral everybody right before they get to the Jordan. Something interesting happens. They get there. They're ready to cross. Joshua kind of prepares everybody. All right, everybody, grab your provisions. Grab your sword. Grab everything you can. But we are crossing because God is leading us to our promised land a new direction. But two and a half of the tribes are actually going to stay back. Some of the people aren't going to make the transition with them. They're going to stay where they were. They're going to create new homes, new places, new cities, while everybody else kind of begins the traverse. In a weird way, it's kind of saying where they have been is they've been wandering, and, but this is where they are going. They're, they're taking steam into a new direction. It was Moses who was leading them. Now it is Joshua who is leading them. They were, the why has changed. They were wandering because they needed to learn, to follow, to be obedient. They needed to learn, to to submit themselves to God. And then when they cross over to the Jordan, they begin to actually put that into practice. We know that the transition of leadership brought them to this point. We know that they were not supposed to be wandering forever, but ultimately they got to this defining moment for one reason and one reason only. And it's the same kind of way in which we have arrived at our defining moment for one reason and one reason only. And that defining moment is because God said, we're going this way. And when God says, you're going here, you're doing this as pastors, as as elders, hopefully as people of God, even though it might hurt, even though it might sting, even though it's not going to be easy or difficult, we listen, we obey, we follow. So so imagine then being Joshua. So here you are. You, you get the opportunity. For 40 years. You've walked around. You got to see Moses talking interact with God. And for 40 years you're just kind of sitting there, you're following and then you're the one who gets chosen and then and then God speaks to you and he has the opportunity to speak to you in a clear way saying this is what's going to get you to the promised land and he uses this phrase over and over and over. He says be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Not everybody's going to come with you. It might not always be the easiest. Just because uh, I, I've been working in you doesn't mean I'm retreating or, or whatnot. But here's the thing is, is he has no idea. Joshua has no idea what's on the other side of the Jordan, but he knows that God does. He has no idea that these two and a half tribes are going to s- d- decide to stay behind and how they're going to be provided and taken care of. But God does. He has no idea what it's going to take to acquire the promised land. But God does. And that's the type of leader Joshua, Caleb, Rahab, and the others are. When we say, we might not know what's ahead. But all we do know is is God has made it clear, and he is leading the way, thus we follow. And in his conversations with God, God speaks to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. And this is kind of what he says. So number one, he says, be strong and courageous, he says, in order to lead these people. That's kind of the first thing he says, the very first thing there in in verse six. Be strong and courageous because these people need a leader. Somebody needs to take them, shepherd them, uh, guide them in this direction. And one of the things we view as, as, your, as part of your staff, uh, as your elders, uh, as some of your, your pastors, uh, whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, when God makes it abundantly clear, this is what you do, this is where you go, we must listen. And sometimes this is the hardest thing for us to do. And you might feel that way being a follower of, of Jesus yourself if, if you claim to be a disciple of Christ, that, that surrendering to God's will when you don't want to. When it doesn't make sense, when there's emotions wrapped up into it, it gets tough. I said, like, like that's what's going through, through my heart and my mind right now is like six and a half years ago, I had a defining moment in which I stepped out of student ministry, stopped being a high school pastor, to to come to First Christian Church of Champaign to launch First Christian Church of Urbana. It was a huge, huge defining moment for me, my faith, my leadership, my family. And I would have had no idea that it would have put me to the, to the spot where, where I am today. And, and reflecting, you know, six and a half years ago, I would say that decision made no sense. Made no sense, yet God made it abundantly clear. This is what I want you to do. And I think some of our elders at the time must have been on crazy juice, if I'm being honest. Because they're like, yeah, let's go get a 27-year-old kid who's never done any of this before, never led a church, never planted a church, never done any of this, and give him the reins to, to this campus to, be this, uh, to, to turn us into a multi-site church. But it was clear, right? And, and when God provides clarity, even when it maybe doesn't make sense in the moment, Even when it doesn't feel right, God's clarity always wins the day. And so in our leadership, one of the things we wanted to make clear is, is kind of what it's going to look like over the next couple weeks as we begin the process of consolidating and folding in our Urbana location. So here's kind of some dates, and, and you should be able to grab one of these if you want from uh, the communion stations, uh, but kind of gives you kind of like our timeline of events. So this Tuesday night, there's an elder dessert night at our Urbana location. If you have questions, if you want to hear more about the why, if you want to uh, just pray with us, we highly encourage you to do that. Next Sunday is our last regular services in Urbana. Uh, there's more into that why. We, we have an FAQ page on our website going up this, this afternoon that kind of answers a little bit of the why so quick. Uh, but as the video referenced, uh, some of the wisdom we got said, hey, uh, don't let it, don't let it uh, kind of just peter out. Don't let it die on its own. Uh, uh, honor it on, as it goes. So so next Tuesday, on, on the eighth, Saturday, July 8th, and this is where some of you come in, into play potentially, is, is we're offering a tour of this facility, right? If you've ever been to our facility in the mall or our champagne location, it's like not even the size of this entire room. Like, so, so the whole Urbana location can fit inside of this auditorium here, and they're stepping foot into like I don't know, it's like a ninety-something thousand square foot building here for some of them be the first time. And so on Saturday, July eighth, there's a tour we're offering that a little barbecue, and if you want to be and come and just help provide a welcoming and warm atmosphere, we uh, encourage you to do so. Sunday, July 9th is going to be the final service in Urbana. It's going to be a celebration service, one service. Uh, we don't even know how long it's going to be, but. We're gonna just use that time to share stories of all of the amazing fruit and stuff that God has done, and then on the 16th uh, is our fi- our first service uh, as one church, one location, one family. And so, so Champagne, uh, you guys need to kind of lean in when we say this is like you have an amazing opportunity coming up on July 16th to be the warmest, most welcoming, most friendly group of people that you already are because you're going to have some of your family coming in who's a little wounded. They're going to be walking with a limp. And so going out of your way to say hi to people, going out of your way to welcome them, going out of your way to maybe scoot towards the middle of the row so that they can sit on the edge, whatever you can do to help provide that opportunity environment, we encourage you to do so. And that's one of the ways in which we are trying to to lead our church through this season. The second thing that uh, God says to Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous, but then he adds this little clarifier. He says, and be careful. Now, when I hear be strong and courageous and be careful, I often don't think those two things go together. They seem kind of counterintuitive. Like, would you say say to a football team, all right, guys, I want you to play hard. I want you to play fast. I want you to play strong with lots of courage. Oh, by the way, be careful too, though. Don't get hurt. It doesn't make sense to us sometimes of kind of saying strength and courage often are not the same as being maybe a passive or careful. Yet God makes it abundantly clear that there is a way to do and be both. And and the word careful here in the Hebrew isn't so much of like a a tiptoe, trying not to break anything, I just want to be tender. The word careful actually means to be thorough. To think about, to consider. And so, Paul, I mean, I'm sorry, but, uh, Joshua is receiving this from God, and God is saying, Be strong, be courageous, be confident in where I'm calling you to, but also consider. Consider the people, consider who you are walking with, leading with. You will have my strength, you will have my courage, but you also need to be careful and we shared in the, in the announcement video, and we want to just continue to perpetuate this, is that we were extraordinarily careful in arriving at this decision. This was not a decision that was made like last week, and then, okay, cool, let's just get rid of it. This was a decision that for, for many, many, many months, we got almost almost well over a year for some of us, we were thinking about and praying and considering that even when we kind of felt this consensus where God was gathering us together, we spent an entire week, the elders, Josh, and myself, an entire week praying and fasting for seven days over these various elements of God. And when we came back together, like, like, like we're not like the most like, charismatic church. Like you guys know that. Like we believe in the power of the spirit. We believe in the fruit of the spirit. Uh, but like when we came together, the spirit was like abundantly felt in that room. We were sitting down and then nobody really knew what to do because none of us have done this before. I remember looking at Mike Larson, chairman of elders, and he was like, okay, so let's start the meeting. And he looks at me and I just looked back at him. I was like, you're the chairman. And he's like, well, you're the lead pastor. Well, you're older and wiser. So you lead this. And it was so clear that God was just like in the midst of the room because, uh, we just deferred to everybody else. I think Mike and I were like, okay, why don't you guys all share first and uh, we'll follow it up later. And every single person went through the room. As we went through the room, this is what God said. This is what God said. This is what God said. And it was abundantly clear in such a spirit-led way. That this is what we want to do. And I, you know, I'm sitting in the room being like, man, like, I was brought to this church to start that thing. Josh is sitting there six months in. It's not dead. It's not broke. It's it's not like it's failing for for like general church metrics across the U.S. The average church in the U.S. is like 75 people. And the Urbana location consistently has over 100, if not upwards to 120 people. So like by metric standpoint, it's anything but. And it was so clear. And I think because we were careful, we want to bathe this in prayer and conversation. And we want to continue to be careful. We want to continue to discern. We want to continue to let everybody know like this is not going to be simple and easy for some people. Some of you, this, this doesn't really impact your connection with us. And if you're sitting here today, kind of, yeah, the service really isn't for me because I've never been to Urbana. I've only known here. This service is for you because it affects our church family and what we can do together in order to move forward. Be strong and courageous, but be careful. The third thing that he says, God says to Joshua, is be strong and courageous. And he says, don't be afraid or discouraged. Now, this is the one that I get, right? Be strong and courageous, but be careful. I'm like, that's weird, okay? Be strong and courageous, but don't be afraid or discouraged. I'm like, yeah, that, that hits here. If you ever watch the show Ted Lasso, there's a character by the name of Roy Kent. Uh, the running joke on the show is he has one feeling. And I am Roy Kent, I've decided. And I have felt more feelings in the last three, three, four weeks, but in particular, the last 24 hours, knowing that this was coming. And I will tell you honestly, candidly, there are feelings of fear, There are feelings of discouragement their feelings of, of loss in some ways. Like I take a step back and I think to myself, it's like, man, are, are other people going to be like, Eric's a terrible leader. Look, he's only been at this for two years and all of a sudden now they got to fold this in. You know, everybody else held it together. Why couldn't he do it? feelings of, of fear of kind of like, man, what are, what are people going to say? Are, are there people there that, that they're going to leave our church? They can't get to, they don't, it's too far to get to this location, and so do they just walk away from church where we're we the only opportunity for them to grow in their faith? There's fear of that. There's, there's these, these emotions that are strong, they're palpable, and these emotions that are highly personal, And it's tough because God is saying, yeah, but be strong and courageous. And and in those moments and those seasons in which God is abundantly clear, this is what you do, this is where you go, this is how you lead. And inside, you're just like, yeah, but, but what about? What about all the work that went in? What about all of the hours? What about, the people there. It's hard. It's hard not to get discouraged. It's hard to not be afraid. It's hard to not take it personal. And so I'm just going to, like, ask of you guys as a church is, like, the one thing that I need in the next couple weeks, the one thing that your staff is going to need, the one thing that hundred and something people miles away, need is your strength, is your courage, is your confidence, is your encouragement to say, but God is good. God is faithful. He would not have made it clear if this was not where he didn't want us to go. because even as I stand up here and kind of like unpack this and even in the New Testament, it's like, I know what the Bible says. Again, I went to school for like 17 years, really bad school, right? To so know like what this thing says, what this thing talks about, how this thing is, this is how you go. This is what you made. This is following God, it looks like blah, 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 In the New Testament, Jesus talks a lot, he uses a lot of agricultural metaphors, which is a kid from San Diego. I'm just kind of like, cool, put me in like a town full of, of like farms and stuff, and like, cool, well, yeah, we'll just figure it out. And be like, you know, the kingdom of God's like a seashell. And you all be like, what? But the kingdom of God is like a, a field of corn. And you'd be like, got it, okay. And uses a lot of these agricultural terms. And the Apostle Paul talks about, said, like there are seasons for everything, and sometimes those seasons require pruning. And pruning is intentional cutting off for the sake of growth. And if you don't prune when you have to, it actually holds the rest of the plant back. And if you prune too soon you actually cut off potential growth. And so I think that paints the picture of of why now? Why not coming out of COVID? Why not a year from now? Why not, why not? And I'm saying, I don't know, other than God just said, this is the time, this is what we're going to do. Be strong and courageous. Eric, I know you're going to be afraid. I know you're going to be discouraged. I know some people aren't gonna get it. But for such a time as this, I will go before you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. One of the best things I love about about the story of Joshua, and I'll close with this here this morning, is that is that is that while God is providing, He is often preparing for a greater purpose. That while God is providing for, for the Israelites, in the wilderness over and over and over again. He's not just saying, I'm just going to leave you in this season where I'm just going to provide, and you just wander and be lost. He's, I'm providing because I'm trying to teach you things. I'm trying to grow things. I am trying to prepare things because there is something better. There is something greater. There is something magnificent ahead. And hear me when I say this, because I don't want people to, to take this. I don't want somebody to, to see this part of the sermon. Da, da, da. Like, Urbana was not a failure, just straight up, I'm going to tell you right now, was not a failure. Like the amount of the baptisms we have, the amount of leaders who have been developed, the people who, who gave it. Like some of you are here today, and like part of you, you, you helped us like try this Thursday service thing that like was like, and then and we're like, okay, I guess we're not doing that anymore. But what it did is it provided an opportunity for us to see what we're capable of. And it provided us an opportunity as a church to also though keep in mind, who do we follow most? Do we follow what the rest of the world does? Do we follow what the other churches do? Or do we follow God? When he says, this is where you go, this is what I want you to be, this is what I want you to do. Israel goes across the Jordan and and some things change. God doesn't show up anymore in cloud or fire. The manna stops, the quail stops. Those things cease. But the things that Maintain is the presence of God. He shows up in a miraculous way. His glory is on display, arguably like never before. So the, the how and the why, or the what, I should say, change, but the why stays the same. They go because God has called them to follow him. And the same is for us. The what and the how for First Christian Church is changing. But we go, we move, we act because we obediently follow Jesus. And the defining moment for us is now. But be strong and courageous for we know that God will most certainly be with us. We're gonna to continue to worship this morning through through a time of, of communion. And what I also wanna share and say is that that not just in communion, but that that as we sing the songs after the message, we intentionally selected these songs because we wanted them to be a corporate praise. But how do we respond to this? What do we do with this news? Is it big shift, big change? A lot of things are coming. How do we respond? And this is our way of helping guide and lead you to say, sing these words with this in mind, with this big change that is impacting the life of our church. But before we get to that, we wanna pause to reflect on why we're even here in the first place. Why First Christian Church of Champaign, First Christian Church of Urbana, why we're even sitting in in, in various auditoriums you know, six and a half miles apart, is because of one reason and one reason only. And that is the body of Christ broken for us and the blood of Christ shed for us. Our faith teaches us one of the most peculiar things. And that is often when things die or pass, new life comes along. It is so backwards than the rest of our world. It is so backwards of what is natural and intuitive for us. But our faith says, following God means things will die. It means putting death to things in our own life, but most importantly, following God for Jesus meant his own death, which led to life. And so as we continue to worship this morning, a timer's gonna come on the screen. If you are a follower of Jesus, whether you've been attending here for long term, whether uh, this is your home church, maybe you're just visiting, we invite you to remember how Jesus takes dying things and breathes new life into them because of the power of his body and his blood. If you're with us today and you're just checking church out, you're just kind of, somebody brought you, this is not our normal service, okay? I just wanna say that. That's not normally what this looks like. Usually, way funnier than this. Just kidding. But that's true of of, of all of us that there are things that you need to let go of, things we need to prune in our hearts, in our minds, in our relationships. There are things we need to to prune, we need to work on. But if we hold on too tightly, we may miss out on what God truly wants to lead us towards. I'm going to pray and then we're going to leave you with a time of worship through communion. Would you pray with me this morning? Jesus, you are good. You are holy. You are our true north. I pray fervently this morning for your goodness. Clarity and the direction, the guidance of your Spirit. I pray for specifically all of those who have called first Urbana, your home, their home with you. May they hear this news as one with with love and care and compassion. May you steady their hearts. May you steady their anxieties. May you be with our elders, our staff. May you be with our volunteers, our leaders, our people in our church to figure out how to to care for for some wounded members of our family moving forward. One of the greatest blessings that we have in this life is the local church, that we don't have to walk through life alone. In fact, you've designed it for us not to. May we be strong, may we be courageous. As you have gone before us, you have made it so clear. And for that, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. That we are gathered not just because somebody opens doors every Sunday, but we are we are gathered because King Jesus rules and reigns and breathes life into things. That that were once dead. Brings home things that were once lost. Finds value in things that we might want to write off. We love you. Amen.